This is the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Bibas, episode number three, the solo series. Welcome to episode number three of the She Runs the Show podcast. How do you take a mile long to-do list and shorten it to a very doable priority agenda? Hmm. By asking one very important question. What are my next three steps? You ask that one question. You put those next three steps down on a three by five note card. I like the color hot pink. I don't like white note cards. And then you one by one, take care of those next three things, cross them out, and then ask the question again. If you chunk your to-do list in this way, A, you'll feel less stressed, B, you won't get overwhelmed, and C, by the end of the day, you will feel much more accomplished. All right, let's go. Welcome to episode number three in the solo series. Today we are talking about motivation. You know, it's an, it's an interesting thing when you think about it. It's so easy to get things done or to get challenging things done when life is going smoothly, right? When things work out, you wake up on time, the day goes smoothly, drop-offs happen well, pickups happen well, you know, client conversations go amazing. It's so easy when things are going the way you want them to, to really just be able to dive in and give your all to something. It's easy to be focused in those moments when, you know, everything's calm. But the reality of the situation is, is that most of life is not like that. You know, I, I love it when people tell me, well, I'm waiting to start my business until, you know, the kids get older or until I have more money or until things get calm. Here's the reality. You didn't come into this life to experience 90% calm and 10% crazy. This life is what we call a roller coaster. There are ups, there are downs, there are unexpected twists and turns. And success comes when you learn how to navigate the tough stuff. When you learn how to take a life hit and keep it moving. When you learn how to turn unexpected obstacles into amazing opportunities. And the reality is, is that the test of your character and the test of your commitment to doing something as big as starting a business, as growing a business, the test of whether or not you're truly committed to something like that is not when things are good. It's not when things are amazing and comfortable and everything's going well. It's really when stuff hits the fan. That's the true test of whether you are in this thing to win it. And I wanted to talk to you in today's episode about 10 quotes that I refer to a lot that I find very, very powerful. But these are 10 quotes that will keep you motivated through tough times. Because when you're in the middle of a tough time, it's not the load that breaks you. This is a quote that, that I saw on Pinterest. It's not the load that breaks you. It's the way you carry it. So remember that when you're going through a tough situation, when you've just started this business, you've launched the website, um, you know, you're ready to go out there and network with other people and then you get devastating news at home or something happens, you know, like a furnace blows and now the $5,000 that you were going to use in the business, you have to use for the furnace. I mean, when tough times hit, 
It's not the load that breaks you. It's the way that you carry it. So as you move through tough times, I want to give you 10 really powerful quotes. And I want to talk to you about each of these quotes to help you stay motivated. Because, you know, it's like Winston Churchill once said, when you're going through hell, keep going. You know, you don't sit in hell and go, oh, I guess I'm going to be here. No, you don't get out of hell that way. When you're going through hell, keep going. So let's talk about 10 quotes that's, that will keep you motivated through tough times. So, and let me sip my hot water because, you know, I've been having this like throat thing and I don't know if it's like the beginnings of a cold or if it's just like I use my voice a lot, but I have to keep this hot water. You should read a book. I know this is a tangent. Let's go on a tangent for a second. There's this amazing book that is on my tablet by Deepak Chopra called, and forgive me, Deepak, if I get the title a little off, called Boundless Energy. And last year I was having an issue where I was super tired all the time and I needed coffee and caffeine to just get me through a day. And um, I just made a decision last year to, you know, like get off all the stuff. And when I say stuff, I mean the sugar, the caffeine, the wheat, the gluten, the dairy. And it was tough. It was really tough. And one of the things that I did was I read Deepak's book called Boundless Energy. And it really was how do you get over chronic fatigue? And I wouldn't say that what I experienced was chronic fatigue, but I would say that I was tired a lot and that I needed coffee in order to have energy. And what I learned was there were very there were there were simple practices that you could do, and Deepak put it in this book, Boundless Energy, that would help you have vitality, that would give you your best energy. And one of his tips is to keep hot water with you, which I have in my hands right now, and to sip it throughout the day. Because what the hot water do does is it dissolves the stagnant energy, the stagnant stuff in your body, and it gets it out. So let me sit my water as we talk about these 10 quotes that will keep you motivated through tough times. Okay, I had my, my hot water. And it doesn't taste good. I'm just going to, you know, it's hot water. It's boiled in my Paula Deen kettle, but it works. It does, it does help with the voice and it does clear something. So let's talk about um, the 10 quotes that will keep you motivated through tough times. One of the most powerful books I have ever read is a book by James Allen called As a Man Thinketh. And in that book, James Allen says the following, the greatest achievement was at first and for time a dream. The oak sleeps in the acorn. The bird waits in the egg. And in the highest vision of the soul, a waking angel stirs. Dreams are the seedlings of realities. And the most profound part of that for me has always been this idea that the oak sleeps in the acorn. And when you think about trees, I mean, I know we look at the finished product and we go, oh my goodness, that tree is hundreds of years old, right? You can look at the rings and tell how old it is. And oh, that tree is tall and it's big and it's beautiful and it's strong and it survives through so much weather, conditions, fire, rain, hurricanes, tornadoes. I mean, trees go through a lot over the course of their long, long lifetime. And 
what's so important to remember about the sturdiness and the stability and the longevity of a tree is that it didn't start out that way. The oak sleeps in the acorn. And so when you're going through a tough time and when you, you know, you're trying to birth something, sometimes it's the conception of a baby, sometimes it's the conception of a business, but whatever it is that you are birthing, whatever it is that you are working to create in your life, there will be moments where you see nothing happening tangibly. You look around and you're like, I'm investing all this time. It's kind of like working out. Like the first six weeks, I used to be a personal trainer and and I trained women in a high-end upscale gym years ago. And, you know, we all want immediate gratification, right? So we start the diet plan. I give them the meal plan and I tell them what kind of exercises to do. And I train them on the floor with weights. And two weeks later, they would not lose any weight. And then three weeks later, they might lose a pound or two. And there would be so much discouragement in that because they'd be like, but I'm sticking to the plan. I'm doing everything you told me to do. Why is this weight not falling off? And then somewhere around the six week point, it was as if they went to sleep one night and they woke up the next day and they dropped 10 or 12 pounds. And, but if they, but think about this, if they had given up at week two, because they were not getting results. They would have never gotten to week six where they then saw dramatic results. And so when you're going through a tough time, it's critical to remember that the oak sleeps in the acorn, that even though you may be investing a lot of time, a lot of energy into your business, into your life, into key relationships that you have, you may not be seeing the immediate tangible results that you want, but the oak sleeps in the acorn. The bird waits in the egg. It is a process. And so it's so important when you're going through a tough time. You know, one of the first things we want to do in a tough time, especially when life is throwing an unexpected curveball, is we want to drop everything that isn't absolutely necessary in our lives. Like we want to drop everything. So life throws an unexpected curveball. We drop the exercise because I don't need to exercise to get through this. We drop going out to lunch or coffee with friends, which is a means of supporting ourselves through the process because we're like, no, I have no time for that. We drop building the business of our dreams because we're in total survival mode. Survival mode is dangerous territory because you weren't put here to survive. You were put here to thrive, to be exceptional. Average is abnormal for every single human being out there. And yet we have most people living at average. So let me help you out with something. When you're going through a tough time, resist the temptation to stop doing the things that are creating for you in the long term an extraordinary life and remind yourself, yes, this isn't a tough situation. Yes, I did not expect to be here, but the oak sleeps in the acorn. And if I'm going to grow this acorn into an oak, I cannot give up now. I've got to stay the course. You know why? Because the greatest achievement was at first and for a time a dream.
The oak sleeps in the acorn, the bird waits in the egg, and in the highest vision of the soul, a waking angel stirs. Dreams are the seedlings of realities. That's what James Allen said in As a Man Thinketh. And so if you're going through a tough time, that is one quote that will help you live out what Winston Churchill says when he says, you know what, when you're going through hell, keep going. Let me give you quote number two. I'm going to sip my hot water here. Okay, quote number two. This is an anonymous quote that I found on Pinterest. But this, again, is so connected to quote number one. And I just want to say it and put it out there. And I want you to just receive it. When you are going through a tough time, and you've got to find a way to stay motivated in your business, you need to remember this quote. And here it is. Never let your fear decide your future. Listen, I'm a fear to fuel expert and I'm a firm believer that fear is natural. It's normal. It is a part of the human experience. We are here to use it, not to let fear use us. And this is an important thing to remember because when people go into panic mode, survival mode, oh my goodness, there's a tough time coming that I didn't expect mode. The first thing they do is they let their fear decide their future. Do not make decisions based out of fear. Your decisions have to come from love every single time. And until you can get into a place of love, do not make any decisions at all. Never let your fear decide your future. And when you say that to yourself in the middle of a tough time, because the temptation really is to, you know, uh, listen to the fear and catastrophize and blame and shame and guilt and like crawl under our shell and, and um, bend to the problems, right? Or bow before the problem. We weren't born to do that. You know, I do not, I am not willing to concede my dignity and my life to a problem that I know is not bigger than me because if it were, it would not be my problem. I'm the container for the problem. The problem is not a container for me. So never let your fear decide your future. And when you say that to yourself, it brings you back a little bit. Like when you're going through something and you didn't necessarily expect to be going through that, the first thing you're doing is like, what do I do? What do I do? Where do I go? Where do I turn? And if you just say to yourself, hold up a second. Oh, let's woos out for a minute. And you say to yourself, never let your fear decide your future. Boom. It gets you present in the body. It gets you present. And the second you get present, you start to get like clarity and strategy and just go, okay, okay, got it. I know I need to figure this out, but freaking out is not going to help me do that. Never let your fear decide your future. Let me give you quote number three. This is a good quote by Brian Tracy. And Brian Tracy has written many, many books. I'm sure you've probably heard of him. But one of the books that he's written that I love is called No Excuses, The Power of Self-Discipline. I am a no excuses girl. Let me help you out. I don't give excuses and I don't receive them very well at all. Let's just be honest. I don't receive them at all. I don't give them. I don't receive them. If it's me, I'm going to own it. And my husband will tell you for, for a fact, what I always say is own your stuff to everybody. Own it. 
own it. I own my stuff. You own your stuff. So I love Brian Tracy's book called No Excuses, The Power of Self-Discipline. And here's the third quote, and this is from that book by Brian Tracy, that will keep you motivated through tough times. And in this book, he says, the starting point of your achieving mastery is for you to commit to excellence. I have never met a person who made a decision to get into the top 20% in their field who did not eventually achieve it. And I never met a person who got there having not made that decision. Making the decision and then following it up with continuous, purposeful, disciplined action is essential. I just need another sip of water on that before I even go there. You know, I was explaining to my 17-year-old the other day. We were having a conversation. Actually, he was getting in trouble, and I was lecturing. I was telling him the difference between average and exceptional. And I said to him, you know, you can, you can choose to be average, or you can choose to be exceptional, but you cannot be both. So your choices make you. Be very clear about the decision you are making. Do you want to be average and have an average life? Or do you want to be exceptional and have an exceptional life? And I think Brian Tracy, this is exactly what he's saying. He's saying, if you want to be a master at your craft, if you want to be in the top 20% in your field, and I don't know anybody who starts a business, who starts a business saying, oh, I'm cool with being the middle 50% in my business, in my industry. I don't think so. When we start businesses, we always begin with a commitment to excellence. We always begin with a dream, a goal, a plan of being even beyond the top 20%, being the top 10%, the 5% in our industry, in our field. But what Brian is saying in this quote is, you've got to commit to excellence. And so he said, I've never met a person who made a decision to get into the top 20% in their field who did not eventually achieve it. And I never met a person who got there having not made that decision. What a lot of us do is we make okey-doke decisions. And they're not even decisions. I'll call them okey. We take okey-doke options. We say, well, I kind of want to start a business and I kind of want to do this. Let's just see what happens. You know, I do not like that term, let's just see what happens. Because that sort of sounds like... You say to somebody on your wedding, let's get married and just try this marriage thing out for two years and see how that works out for us. What? Like, why would I do that? Why would we just not date if what you want to do is have a trial marriage? Why do you, who would do a trial marriage? You know, like spend $50,000 to get married and then have to spend $50,000 getting a divorce because you wanted to try marriage out? No, no, no. That's what dating's for. The same thing, when you start a business, that is not a trial business. It's not a, let's see how this goes. You're about to invest your time, your energy, your heart, your money, your resources into something that, no, you cannot just try that out. So if you want to be in the top of your field, in your industry, you've got to commit to excellence. You've got to make the decision that, yes, mastery is what I'm going for. But again, making the decision is one piece of it. The second piece of it is following it up with continuous, purposeful, disciplined action. And this is the motivation part of it. When you're going through a tough time, the... The tendency is one of two things. Either when a tough time hits and you didn't expect it, you know, tough times that we expect are different. I'm going to have a whole other episode about tough times that we expect or anticipate. But I'm talking about things that 
throw you for a loop, which will happen a lot. When you're going through a tough time that you did not see coming, the tendency is either to close your eyes on it and like close your eyes to life and go to bed and do that pretty consistently, or it's to fill your life with so much busyness. Notice I did not say productivity. Busyness. <clears throat> that you have no time to really take action on solving that problem or getting to that tough situation. You are just distracting yourself. You are either um, medicating yourself with sleep and overeating and stuff like that, or you're medicating yourself by being too busy to pay attention and to feel what you need to feel in order to get through the tough time. Neither of those extremes work. Part of staying motivated through tough times, part of getting through tough times is making the decision that no matter what occurs in my life, I am who I say I am and I am committed to mastery, which means I'm committed to excellence. So even if all hell is breaking loose in my life, I'm still waking up every day and I am showing up with continuous, purposeful, disciplined action. That's what will keep you motivated. Not paying attention to the circumstance and responding to life from the circumstance level, but responding to life from the character level. Remember, here's what James Allen also said, and I think this was really originally from a philosopher named, I'm going to get this name wrong, Epictetus. Circumstances do not make the man they reveal him to himself. Get this. It's not the circumstances that decide how you respond. It's your character that decides how you respond in and through any experience you have. So again, you've got to commit to excellence, but then not only do you make that decision, you've got to follow it up with continuous, purposeful, disciplined action. And that action will motivate you through the tough time. That's the thing. Most people get into tough situations and they want to lay down. Laying down is not going to get you through that. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Commit to excellence. Make the decision to commit to excellence and then follow it with up with continuous, purposeful, disciplined action. That's quote number three. Now let's get to quote number four. Let me have a sip of, of my hot water here. So quote number four is one of my all-time favorite, 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 favorite quotes by one of my all-time favorite, 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 favorite writers. Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements. Mm. That book is on my bookshelf and looks so worn down. You would have thought I had that book for 20 years because that's how much I literally flipped through the book. And this of all the wisdom that Don Miguel Ruiz pours into this book, this one quote is the thing that's the thing that's the thing. And if you're going through a tough time and you feel like just like, curling up underneath your turtle shell and like disappearing in the world, this one will get you back out there and really going after what you want. Because the point is not to shrink through tough times. It's to expand. The tough times don't come to crush us. They come to help us grow. And so here's a quote that I love from The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. He says, Also, Find your voice to ask for what you want 
everybody has the right to tell you no or yes, but you always have the right to ask. Mm. I, I, I have to put my cup of water down on that one. Everybody has the right to tell you no or yes, but you always have the right to ask. How often have you gone through a tough time and you didn't tell anybody what you were going through? You didn't reach out to anybody and ask for their assistance or help because you were afraid that they would reject you, abandon you, look at you differently, think that you're weak, think that you only call them when you need something. But how how often have you done that and then look back at the situation and thought, if only I'd had some support, this could have gone differently. If only I'd had some help, this could have gone differently. Here's the thing. Let me, let me just break it down. It doesn't matter if they say no. It doesn't matter if they say no. What matters is that you have enough courage and enough stamina and enough self-esteem to ask for what you want. It doesn't matter if they say no. Let me help you out with that. So many of us are not asking for what we want. We're not going for what we want. We're not telling people what we need. And therefore, we're not getting our needs met because we are afraid of the response we're going to get. But here's the thing. You want to get through a tough time and you want to do it in the most successful, most positive way possible. Your tough time is your lesson, your classroom in how to find your voice to ask for what you want. You know what? If you're going through a tough time and you are just getting... I'm not going to use the four-letter word, but you're getting crapped on every single way you turn around. One of the first things you need to do is you need to look around and go, this is not acceptable. This is not acceptable. I deserve better than this. I may be in the pit right now, but I am certainly not going to stay here. I am asking God, I'm asking the universe, this is what I want. So maybe I'm in hell right now. But I have no intentions of staying there. So the first thing you do is you ask God for what you want. You just have a have a break it down conversation with God and go, you know what, God? Let me help you out. I am in some mess and it continues to happen. And I don't know what's going on. I'm going to own my part. But let me just declare right now, as I take full responsibility for me being where I am at this moment, I am not staying here. This is not acceptable on any level. So you begin there asking for what you want, right? So the first thing is you just have a conversation with the universe about this is not acceptable. And then you begin to figure out how you're going to get yourself out of that situation by leveraging resources. It's not about having money. See, people get in situations, they think that money, let me just back up a second. Money helps a lot. Money helps a tremendous lot, 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 lot. I'm never going to tell, you're never going to hear me tell you that money can't buy you the most important things in life. Mm, that's for a whole other episode. I'm not going to go there. But what I will say is that the money is not generated by the things you think it is. Money is a sign of resourcefulness. So if you're having issues with money, it's not about doing another degree to make more money or another certification to make more money or even necessarily work 
90 hours instead of 80 hours to make more money. It's called being more resourceful because the more resourceful you are, the more resources you have access to. And that also includes the resource called money. So I'm, that's a whole other episode we're going to get to. But let's get back to quote number four. You're going through a tough time. You talk to the universe. You talk to God about the fact that this is unacceptable and you just let everybody know in the universe that this is going to change. And then you now need to begin to voice what you need from other people. Maybe you say to your spouse, I need you to watch the kids a few more hours every single evening because I'm working on a business. Maybe it's you go to your local SBA or your score and you start to work with somebody in score who knows about tax planning so you could figure out how to do the bookkeeping in your business. Maybe it's you start to spend your money attending events and trainings and things that previously you would have said, oh, I can't afford it, quote unquote so that you can build up your mastery and your knowledge so you can make the money you need to make to not have to deal with these kinds of situations anymore. Whatever it is, it still comes back to this quote from Don Miguel Ruiz. Find your voice to ask for what you want. Everybody has the right to tell you no or yes, but you always have the right to ask. Yes, you do. Hello. Yes, you do. That is a powerful quote. Now let's go to quote number five. You know, I always talk for so long and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, oh, I've got an hour. I've got plenty of time. And then I look up and I'm not even done with quote number five and it's like 28 minutes in, but let me sit my water because we're just breaking it down here. And I'm giving you this, let me just preface, let me sit my water first. Here we go. I think that the nuts and bolts of building a business are very, very important for any entrepreneur and for all women entrepreneurs. But it's not the nuts and bolts that's keeping us from being ultra successful. I mean, do you get that male entrepreneurs in general are in the above 10 million a year category at over double the rate that we as women are? Like we get to the $250,000 a year mark some of us get to the 1 million plus mark, but very few of us get to the above 10 million mark. And so then the question becomes in all of these studies by American Express Business and all of these other people, they're asking, well, why, why are women hitting, you know, why are women entrepreneurs hitting the ceiling? Like they're getting into the six figures, which is nice. And they're getting into the 1 million, 2 million, maybe 5 million mark. But why is it that there is such a big discrepancy between the number of men who go above 10 million a year in revenue and the number of women who do that. And you know what? It comes back to this stuff. Like we're going to have plenty of podcast episodes where I talk to amazing experts who are going to help you figure out how to market your business and manage your business and grow your business. And that's beautiful. The tactics, the strategies, they are awesome. But if the foundation of you, your mind, your beliefs, the way you process, the way that you, you approach difficult situations, if that's not right, none of the strategies and tactics are going to work. So I'm beginning the solo series with a lot of this coaching around your foundational base core beliefs so we can get the foundation right. 
And then we add on the expertise of the people that are going to come on the show and really help us figure out the tactics, the strategies, and the things we need to do. Boom, boom, boom. That's ex- it exactly. So let's talk about the fifth quote that will keep you motivated through a tough time. And this is by one of my favorite success stories ever, J.K. Rowling. And J.K. Rowling said, rock bottom became the foundation on which I rebuilt my life. And you know, so often we think that when we hit rock bottom, especially if we've done it more than once, and hello, I'm waving my hand, I'm one of those who've done it more than once. And I really hope that I got the lessons from all of those times and don't have to do it again. However, if I had to do it again, I'd learn again and I'd figure it out. Um, I'm going to talk about that figured out mentality in another episode because that's important too. Sidebar. It's really important to not be afraid to fail. And the only way you get not afraid to fail is by failing forward. John Maxwell, amazing book, Failing Forward. We'll do a whole episode on it. Not this one. Let's continue. Okay. So quote number five. Rock bottom became the foundation on which I rebuilt my life. J.K. Rowling. I don't know that I need to say more about that. If you are at a place where you hit rock bottom and you are starting a business or you want to start a business and a lot of what's going through you right now because you're at rock bottom is I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Nobody would be so dumb as to get themselves into this situation. You know, how am I going to be able to run a business when I'm, you know, living in my parents' basement or, you know, living in my car or whatever. If you are in a place where you are at rock bottom and everybody knows when they get there. I want you to remember this quote by J.K. Rowling. Rock bottom became the foundation on which I rebuilt my life. Again, it is not what happens to you. It's about the meaning you give to what happens to you that makes all the difference in the world. So you could be at rock bottom and you could go, this is the end of me. This is my life is over. You know, like people during the 1920s, uh, well, uh, stock market, you know, have an MBA, I really could care less about the stock market. But anyway, stock market crash in 1920s and like people are throwing themselves out windows and like committing suicide. Again, it's about what the loss, what the failure, what the rock bottom means to you. And you can either give a rock bottom situation a disempowering meaning or an empowering meaning. And what this quote reminds you to do is to give any rock bottom point you hit an empowering meaning because J.K. Rowling, Billionaire's List, wrote a children's book series. Let's be honest, children's book, okay? Harry Potter nonetheless, but children's book. Nobody thought it was going to be as successful as it turned out to be. But this is what she said. Rock bottom became the foundation on which I rebuilt my life. So if you're in a rock bottom situation and you want to start a business, if you're in a rock bottom situation with the business that you started five years ago and you're like, should I close it? You know, uh, do I change it? What do I do with it? Um, Let me help you out with this. Let me help you out. First of all, before you make any major decisions about what to do about starting a business or closing a business or transforming a business, Decide what the rock bottom experience means and err on the side of saying to yourself, rock bottom became the foundation on which I rebuilt my life. So if five years from now, you're going to tell that story, 
What would you need to be doing today in order to be able to say that five years from now? There it is. Boom, boom, boom. Change the meaning of your rock bottom experience and the experience itself will change and you will find the motivation to get yourself through it, out of it and above it. That's quote number five. Let's talk about quote number six. Again, another one that I'm going to tell you is pretty self-explanatory. Robert Frost. And Robert Frost said, the only way out is through. You know what? A lot of us want to sidetrack the through. I know I've had moments where I really like, I don't want to do the through. The through really sucks. I do not want to do the through. Can we just like... I don't know. Can we fast forward this? I don't want to do the through part. And I've had that experience specifically with infertility. And, you know, many of you know that I have three children. So there's 17 at this moment. Obviously, check in. If you're listening to this much later in time, they'll be older. But 17, 10, and 8. And uh, I remarried my amazing husband four years ago. And we lost a baby last year. It would have been our first together. And that baby at this point would have been six months old. And that was tough. That was tough because I've been through infertility, not just once between my first and my second and not really between my second and my third. I got pregnant really quickly between number two, number three. But when you've been through any kind of infertility, right? And then you go through it again. Like it's not just a one shot deal. It's like you go through infertility in your twenties and then now you're in your thirties and you're going through infertility. You want to fast forward that process. You're like, come on now. Can we, can we not go here again? Like I already, I've been there, done that. Can I just not relive this experience again? But Louise Elhay says it best. You know, she says, impatience is nothing more than resistance to learning. Impatience is nothing more than resistance to learning. And so when you're going through a tough time, work on getting curious in the tough situation and remind yourself when you begin to get super impatient, remind yourself of the words of Robert Frost, the only way out is through. And you know, even though I'm still going through infertility stuff. And even though, you know, like my biological clock is ticking, I'm about to be 37. Um, I do have to remind myself the only way out is through. It's going to take what it takes. It is what it is. The only way out is through. That will keep you on course. It won't make you feel less pissed off about what you're going through, but it will keep you engaged in the process because if the only way to out is through then i do have to be present to do the through part of it quote number seven and now we're going to go deeper let me take a sip of water quote number seven okay so any of you who've, who've read my blog she runs the show.com or if you've coach with me, you know that I am a huge fan of Marianne Williamson. Everything Marianne Williamson literally has changed my life. It has transformed my life. And so this, this seventh quote to keep you motivated through tough times is from a book that Marianne Williamson wrote called The Gift of Change. And let me read it to you. It's a, it's a hefty quote and it's a powerful quote and I want you to hear it. In The Gift of Change, Marianne says the following, these are times that challenge our spiritual assumptions as the power of darkness seems to be taunting us, demanding, so where's all that love you believe in now? The answer is that love is inside us, 
just waiting to be unleashed. The darkness is an invitation to light, calling forth the spirit in all of us. Every problem implies a question. Are you ready to embody what you say you believe? Can you reach within yourself for enough clarity, strength, forgiveness, serenity, love, patience, and faith to turn this around? That's the spiritual meaning of every situation. Not what happens to us, but what we do with what happens to us and who we decide to become because of what happens to us. The only real failure is the failure to grow from what we go through. And I think here is the pivotal piece of this. I, I want us to get this. When you're going through a tough time, one of the things that is being challenged is your belief, your faith and your belief. And so in the middle of a challenge, you need to not only ask yourself, am I who I say I am? Your character needs to be in place. You, you not only need to just make sure the character is the same, it does not change. It does not bow before problems and tough situations. But once you've established that you are who you are and that your level of integrity and self-esteem and confidence do not get crushed by any difficult situation, then you need to ask yourself, am I ready to embody what I say I believe? Can I reach within myself for enough clarity, enough strength, enough forgiveness, serenity, love, patience, and faith to turn this around? Because that's what it takes to turn the situation around. Again, going back to this money thing, it's not money. Like money can do a lot. Let's not get it twisted. But in any situation, what it takes to turn the situation around is reaching within yourself for enough clarity, enough strength, enough forgiveness, enough serenity, love, patience, and faith to turn the ship around. And when you tap into that, all of that that's already in you, then you stand up. And you stand before the situation and the situation doesn't ever have to get any easier. It doesn't ever have to change. You know why? Because you just did. Because you just became the person who can thrive through change. You just stepped into your higher self and you said, you know what? Bring it. Because there's one thing I know in this situation, no matter how difficult it is, I'm going to be the last one standing. Bring it. So that's why it's important to have a quote like this one from Marianne, The Gift of Change, because you need to remind yourself in tough situations that this problem is not just simply a problem. It is a teaching. It is an, a, a spiritual classroom experience that implies a question. And the question is, who are you really? And what do you believe? And can you really reach down within yourself and bring it all to the table? Because if you can do that, then you're going to win. It is not even in question. Yes, can you do it? Can you reach within yourself for enough clarity, enough strength, enough forgiveness, enough serenity, love, patience, and faith to turn this around? And here's the answer you need to give every single time. Yes, I can. Thank you very much. I need to sip my water. Quote number eight. 
is a quote that you use to get present. Because like I said before, when tough situations come, one of the first things we want to do is check out. We want to physically check out, like pack a bag and go to Vegas. But we also want to mentally check out. And that's what most people do. They mentally check out. But that is not going to get you through this situation. Remember, Robert Frost, the only way out is through. So if the only way out is through, the quickest way you actually get through is to be present to the situation. No matter how painful or how complicated I need another sip of water. I don't know what my voice just did, but it just did something. The only way out is through. So quote number eight comes from Thich Nhat Hanh, who wrote a book called Fear, Essential Wisdom for Getting Through the Storm. And he gives a little practice. And the practice is to get present. And the practice is to say the following. I have arrived. I am home. In the here, in the now, I am solid, I am free in the ultimate I dwell. And and the piece of it that he says, the only thing you really need to say is, I have arrived, I am home. Whenever you feel like you're not present, whenever you feel like you're using busyness to distract you, or you're using, um, you numb out your pain and you numb out your presence to what's going on with food or with over-exercising, some sort of addictive behavior, Saying out loud and planting your feet on the ground and saying, I have arrived, I am home. That will ground you. It will bring you to the present moment. And he goes on in the book called Fear, Essential Wisdom for Getting Through the Storm. Thich Nhat Hanh says, when we come back to the here and now, we recognize the many conditions of happiness that already exist. The practice of mindfulness is the practice of coming back to the here and now to be deeply in touch with ourselves and with life. We have to train ourselves to do this. Even if we're very intelligent and grasp the principle right away, we still have to train ourselves to really live this way. We have to train ourselves to recognize the many conditions for happiness that are already here. Whether you are sitting, walking, watering the vegetable garden, or feeding your child, it is always possible to practice, I have arrived. I am home. I have run all my life. I am not going to run anymore. Now I am determined to stop and really live my life. When we practice breathing in and we say, I have arrived, and we really arrive, that is success. And so again, he says, you can do this anywhere. You can do this in your car. You can do this feeding your child. You can do this watering the garden. But whenever you feel yourself leaving your body, because you don't want to be present with the tough situation you're dealing with, you don't want to be, you don't want to feel the feelings and be real with what's happening. Stop, take a breath and say, I have arrived. I I'm home and bring yourself back to the present moment. Only by being fully present in the moment can you give all that you have to figuring out how to move through the situation. And like Robert Frost said, the only way out is through. Now, quote number nine, one of my favorite quotes. This is one of my boom boom quotes. This this is one of my quotes where I'm just like, oh yeah, mm, truth. Okay. Winston Churchill, I have so many Winston Churchill quotes that I absolutely adore, and this by far is my favorite. And Winston Churchill has said, History will be kind to me, for I intend 
to write it. We are the authors of our lives. We are the writers, the producers, the directors, the stars. Listen, when you're going through a tough time, this is not the time to step into victim mode and pretend like somebody else is in the driver's wheel, driver is in the driver's seat of our lives driving. That is not the truth. We are always in the driver's seat. Now, we do not control tornadoes and hurricanes. We do not control the circumstances, but let me help you out. We control how we respond and how we respond will create the next step. So when you wrap your mind around the fact that history will be kind to me, for I intend to write it, you get real clear on the fact that in every situation, expected, unexpected, anticipated, unanticipated, you are writing your history in every present moment with how you react, with how you respond, with what you choose to do next. So just keep Let's 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 play this out. History will be kind to me for I intend to write it. Decide that you are writing your history right now. And when you're in a tough situation, think about what do you want to tell your grandchildren about how you handled this tough situation? What do you want to tell them? Do you want to tell them that you cowered before the problem? You went underneath your shell, you slept for a month in bed and never got out. You, you know, stopped doing your business and, you know, got the fastest, cheapest hourly job you could find. Do you want to tell them that? Or do you want to give them a comeback story like no other, where the hero triumphs in the end? Guess what? You decide which one you give them 30, 40, 50, 60 years from now. History will be kind to me, for I intend to write it. Yes, I am. And yes, you are Winston Churchill. So if you're going through a tough time, remind yourself that you're the writer of your history and your history is being created in this present moment. Quote number 10. I need a sip water before I even talk about this because this is the final quote and it's a biggie. It's it's helped me through a lot and, and let's talk about it. Quote number 10 is from A Course in Miracles. And if you don't know what A Course in Miracles is, then you should Google it. Um, it, it I wouldn't say it's like a Bible. It's, it's non-denominational in nature. You know, people of all religions have had exposure to it, have used it. But essentially, it really talks about the power of love and the power of forgiveness and the fact that we're all connected to each other. So when we hurt someone else, we're really hurting ourselves because we are all intricately connected. And in A Course in Miracles, it says the following. The Holy Spirit judges against the reality of the ego's thought system merely because he knows its foundation is not true. Therefore, nothing that arises from it means anything. He judges every belief you hold in terms of where it comes from. If it comes from God, he knows it to be true. If it does not, he knows that it is meaningless. Whenever you question your value, say, God himself is incomplete without me. Remember this when the ego speaks and you will not hear it. The truth about you is so lofty that nothing unworthy of God is worthy of you. Choose then what you want in these terms and accept nothing that you would not offer to God as wholly fitting for him. You do not want anything else. 
Return your part to him and he will give you all of himself in exchange for the return of what belongs to him and renders him complete. You know, when I first started reading Course in Miracles, a lot of it seemed really like philosophy out there. And so if you heard me read that and you think, oh my goodness, I like the Holy Spirit and ego and okay, return your part to him. What the heck does that mean? Don't worry about it because I was there too. The only thing I want you to remember about this quote, and that I really want you to think about when you're going through a tough time, is this. Whenever you question your value, say, God himself is incomplete without me. Because you know what? Number one, that's the truth. Number two, when you understand your value, the value of your talents, your gifts, your abilities, like you were born with a purpose, many purposes, not just one. You were born to use your talents and your gifts. God himself is incomplete without you. And incomplete without you giving everything you have to all that you do and living your life at the highest level. God himself is incomplete without you. When you remember that in a tough situation, you stop feeling small. You stop feeling incapable of getting ahead. You start to say to yourself, my goodness, if God himself is incomplete without me, that must mean that I'm powerful and I'm capable and I can get through this. And in fact, I can thrive through this. God himself is incomplete without me. So I'm not going to question whether I, I deserve to be happy or I deserve to be successful or I deserve to have an amazing business. I'm not going to question that anymore because whenever I question my value, I say to myself, God himself is incomplete without me. That's powerful. That's powerful. And, and, and here's my challenge to you. You know, I've given you 10 quotes that are really designed to keep you motivated through a tough time because the test of your character and the test of your success is not going to be when things are easy or when everything is going smoothly or when everything works exactly the way that you want it to. The test of whether or not this business is going to be successful, of whether or not you are going to take your life to the next level is always in a tough situation at a tough time. It's will you stay the course or will you quit? Will you be the best you can be or will you be average like like everybody else. That's the test. It's not when things are good. That's the test. Same thing applies to everything else. Relationships, friendships. It's not who's with you when things are good and you've got money and you're throwing a party. It's who's going to ride the bus with you when you're broke. And you don't have to get broke to test that out. But you do need to decide that when things are not going the way that you expect, when life is tough, you're not going to give up. You're not going to give in. You're going to find a way to keep yourself present and available to the journey, motivated and ready to move forward. And these 10 quotes, if you keep them handy, if you download the show notes and you print them out and you keep them, the moment you're going through a tough time, you need to open up that binder and pull out the show notes and read them because God 
himself is incomplete without you because rock bottom can be the foundation on which you rebuild your life because history is going to be kind to you because you're going to write it because you are not a person who lets fear decide your future because you know how to find your voice to ask for what you want. Yes, everybody has the right to tell you no or yes, but you always have the right to ask. And you know what? At the end of the day, the greatest achievement was at first and for a time a dream. The oak sleeps in the acorn. The bird waits in the egg. And in the highest vision of the soul, a waking angel stirs. Dreams are the seedlings of reality. It is because you use and get these 10 quotes that no matter what comes, you're going to be able to handle it. So use these 10 quotes to keep yourself motivated through tough times. I'm telling you, they work. They work and they help you to get the right core beliefs in place so that when you're applying all of the strategies and the tactics that we're going to talk about in future episodes, you have no problems doing it for the long term. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It has been awesome. Listen, if you have questions about this, I, you know, I would love to hear from you. How do you stay motivated through tough times? What do you use to, you know, really thrive through change, especially if the change doesn't feel good in the moment? Drop me an email at info at the center for life transitions.com. Also email me if you're going through a tough time right now. I'd love to hear what you're struggling with and what you need the most help with. We'll create shows around it. So send me an email. I want to know what you're going through and what you're committed to changing and how you're going to use these 10 quotes. And I also want to know what are your own strategies for staying motivated through tough times. So send me an email, info at the center for life transitions.com. I check my own email. Nobody else does that. And I respond all the time. So Again, Cassandra Bybus here, your fear to fuel expert, life transitions coach. Thank you for joining me. It has been an awesome, awesome show. Uh, let's talk soon. She runs the show because after all, we do. 